This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to another episode of Hafta, the last recording of the year. It will go online on the 1st of Jan. So those of you who do a uh, make it um, i guess most of you will because at least in india no celebrations are happening so you'll be going to sleep early you can wake up and listen to hafta on the first which will be a first time for many of you um so happy new year to all of you in advance to begin with i hope this year is fantastic for everybody and the last recording of this year we have a fantastic panel for you as a gift as a as a new year gift So let me first introduce the panel before I tell you about our Christmas scheme and our merch and we've extended it till what time. Joining me in the studio with me is Anand Vardhan. Hello. Anand, the oldest member of the News Laundry team now along with me. Uh, and Manisha, I guess, but Manisha's had one continuous run. Anand has had two. Joining us on the phone line from somewhere in the hills of an unknown area is Manisha Pandey hi Manisha hi <laughs> so mysterious so mysterious joining us on the phone line from mumbai is naresh fernandez hi naresh hi i'm in disguise i'm wearing a false mustache all right so that th- will throw all of you off uh, but most of you already know who naresh fernandez is so those of you who don't he is the founder and editor of scroll.in one of the oldest uh, and uh, largest i guess uh, digital news ventures uh, he's worked as editor in chief of time out india and has worked for times of india in mumbai and the wall street journal in new york and he has also written a book taj mahal fox trot the story of bombay's jazz age and city adrift a short biography of bombay he as you can imagine is a kya kehte hain jazz nut he knows a lot about jazz and all that and all that jazz haha <laughs> uncle joke alert Uh also joining us on the phone line is Jami and Rao. Hi Jami. Hello, hi. So Jami Happy new to everybody. Yes, has uh, appeared on the Hafta earlier as well. Uh those of you who have been reading his columns in News Laundry and Wire, uh, have you also written for Scroll at any point by the way, Jami? One piece in scroll.in. Naresh may not know about it, but uh okay. <laughs> So he's an independent public health physician and epidemiologist. He has over 25 years experience in Britain's National Health Service and 5 in the senior civil service with the Department of Health he's a visiting professor in public health at Staffordshire University and writes like i said for news laundry and wire and has also contributed piece to scroll i'm abhinandan sekri and this is news laundry hafta before i let manisha go over the headlines just want to remind everybody that our christmas merchandise Uh, a christmas package not just the merch of course that many of you have already gifted to many people including us but that offer has been extended till the 5th of jan i believe so you can make the most of this offer you get a discount on the news laundry subscription uh, and you also get discount on the merch so you can pay to keep news free and also get fantastic merch because we don't take any advertising from anybody so i would urge you to please contribute because journalism has to be supported by people like you otherwise it will die and while you're at it go to scroll.in even they have a subscription plan do contribute generously it doesn't take much from one person but many thousands of us doing it together can make a reporting team that can rival legacy media so i hope you will consider it on that note manisha please give us the headlines thank you yes delhi police cracks down on protests by a large number of resident doctors The Federation of Resident Doctors Association has been protesting for a while now. This is over the delay in college allotments of postgraduate medical students. 
More than 2,500 resident doctors were detained. There were dramatic scenes. Meanwhile, the Delhi police has denied using Lati Chat and said they have utmost respect for doctors. Uh, junior doctors have said today that they will continue their agitation as talks with Union Health Minister Mansukh Mandavia remained inconclusive. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court has asked the Centre on NEET PG admissions that how have they arrived at the rupees eight lakh annual income limit for the EWS quota. Video released of Haridwar meeting shows speakers calling for a war on Muslims and urging Hindus to arm themselves. The controversial Yati Narsimhanand, I won't call him controversial, he's quite despicable actually. He faces several FIRs in UP. He called for a war against Muslims and urged Hindus to take up weapons to ensure Muslim did not become a Muslim did not become the prime minister in 2029. The ex-UP Shia Waqf board chief Wasim Rizvi, who converted to Hinduism, was booked for this meet. Later, two more were booked in connection with hate speeches. Uh, their names are Swami Dharmdas and Sadhvi Annapurna. Five of the event participants went to Haridwar Police Station to file a counter complaint against Maulanas or clerics and unnamed other unnamed Muslims persons. And they're seen in a video laughing with a police officer. They're presenting him with an FIR, their chance of Har Har Mahadev as they're presenting him that. And uh, they asked him to be on quote unquote our side. Meanwhile, Pakistan has summoned Indian diplomat over concerns about hate speech against Muslims in Haridwar event. There's been an FIR against Hindu religious leader for derogatory remarks against MK Gandhi. This is in Chhattisgarh. A statue of Jesus in a church in Ambala was smashed. This is among a spate of attacks on India's Christian communities around Christmas. There was Bajrangal burning effigies. In Assam, right-wingers disrupted proceedings and demanded that all Hindus leave. This made front-page news on the NYT. India has banned Mother Teresa's charity for receiving funds from abroad. UK's COVID-19 cases are breaking records as Omicron spreads across the globe. In India, Delhi has the highest Omicron count with 238 cases, followed by Maharashtra with 167 cases. Delhi is now under yellow alert, so schools are shut, metros will run at 50% capacity. Delhi has witnessed a sharp increase in COVID-19 cases and uh, cases may likely peak in February. This is what the experts are telling us. Meanwhile, the government panel has recommended EUA, which is the Emergency Usage Authorization for COVID-19 Vaccines, COVOVAX. Corbivax and anti-COVID pill Molnupiravir. Covaxin is the only option for 15 to 18 years age group. That's what the government says. Uh, PM Modi made an announcement uh, at night. He said that vaccines for children and precaution doses, not booster doses, would be given to frontline workers and senior citizens. Um, even as all that is happening, UP election rallies are in full spate. Uh, COVID, COVID safety norms are, of course, thrown to the wind. BJP MP from Ratlam, Gumnam Singh Damore, has been served a notice by the Ali Rajpur court in an alleged rupee 1600 crore scam. I think 600 crore. Yeah, 600. Sorry. Yeah, 600 crore rupee scam. He reached Bhopal to clarify and then he ran away from office after seeing cameras. <laughs> so he was being chased by media people there. Jharkhand CM has slammed the BJP and has defended the anti lynching law. And a suspect in the Ludhiana court blast, Jaswinder Singh Multani, was arrested in Germany. Before we move on, as part of the Christmas offer from 17th to 26th of December, where you get your favorite news learning products like Nirvana masks, etc., that offer has been extended to the 5th of Jan. So check out the offers at newslaundry.com slash Christmas offer. It's in the show link below. It's newslaundry.com slash Christmas offer. But you can just click on the link below. Uh, the new subscription plans we've launched, uh, you know, the game changer for three years, uh, get an 8,000 rupee discount and a lot of free merchandise. That's also easier for us because the new RBI guidelines 
already have impacted the recurring subscriptions. And from the 1st of Jan, we don't know how the new format is going to change our subscriptions because apparently none of the wallets can save the card details anymore. So uh, if you can just subscribe in one shot, it just saves you the recurring subscription inconvenience. That This is where, you know, I mean, I know this doctor you're talking about, chap called Afshin Emrani. I think that's the name you are you're talking about, isn't it? When he says that uh, we can afford to uh, stop testing. This is not the first time he said it. He put out a tweet on the 28th of December saying the answer is to stop testing for Omicron. He said, yes, stop testing. And the reason is uh, uh, that this has been circulated widely in WhatsApp and so on. By the way, he's not a doctor from Israel. He may be Jewish. I don't know uh, what his background is. But he's actually a cardiologist based in Los Angeles. I looked him up, uh, Afshim Emrani. He's a fellow of the American College of Cardiology. He's been treating for some time that uh, Omicron is a mild variant. Uh, This is the way in which the whole pandemic will uh, will fizzle out and peter out and we'll be back to uh, pre-pandemic, pre-March 2020 uh, style of living again, because everybody will get this infection, they'll get immunity, and that'll be the end of that. The trouble with this theory is that the previous infection with the Delta variant did not prevent us from getting Omicron. You see, uh, large numbers of people, even after two doses of vaccination, after maybe getting the Delta variant or the previous Alpha variant, and then getting uh, two doses of an an effective vaccine, the vaccine immunity wanes after about three to six months, and then they are getting the Omicron uh, uh, variant. They're getting infected with it. Infected meaning they're getting symptomatic and they test positive. What the vaccine does, of course, is though it does not guarantee that you will not get the infection and fall ill, maybe with symptoms, what it does guarantee is that you will not get seriously ill or get into hospital. So which is why, though the cases are rising at a very dramatic pace, almost you know 10,000 more each day than the previous day for the last few days in England, for example, and it has now reached almost 117,000, 120,000 cases a day, hospital admissions are not going up quite as much as they would have done had the same pattern been repeated that we saw in earlier in 2021. And that is why one of the data points that the government is closely uh, following before announcing lockdown measures is the hospitalization data. And that is because of the political significance of hospital overcrowding and, and the NHS coming under pressure and the ordinary cases not being treated. By ordinary cases, I mean cancers, heart disease, all the usual stuff that hospitals do. If that starts clogging up, then there will be political fallout for the government and they will impose a lockdown to make sure that that doesn't happen. Right. What does all this mean for uh, infection spread across the world? My gut feeling is that this chap of, of Sheen Ibrani is barking up the wrong tree, really. The idea that just because Omicron is mild will prevent infection is not very dissimilar to what was argued in the early days, that, okay, the infection will sweep through, let natural herd immunity take its course, some people will die, and then the rest of us can, can resume life as normal. That didn't pan out quite that way, did it? Young people were also affected. And now we are seeing the children are getting affected. And okay, it's not very common, agreed. Uh, but some children are getting admitted into hospital and some children are suffering the ill effects of what's called long COVID. So it's a matter of balance between whether you say a certain amount of morbidity and mortality is acceptable or it is not acceptable and we should do our best in order to stop it. Is there enough data to suggest that vaccinated people are less likely to get this new Omicron? Is there 
And is it significantly less? That is definitely good data about that. Definitely decent data about the effect of vaccination. The third booster dose, for example, does confer immunity sufficient uh, to either prevent the infection in most, in many cases, but even if it doesn't prevent the infection, it will at least prevent serious illness and hospitalization and certainly death. Though there have been a few cases where people have died despite getting, uh, not the booster so far, but despite getting two doses of the vaccine. Um, now, Naresh, uh, I mean, if you want to weigh in on any of the health aspects, feel free, but as uh, the editor-in-chief of a news uh, organization for whom election is the World Cup, and, and since it's not a general election, it's UP, Punjab, Uttarakhand, Manipur, and Goa. Uh, I mean, how are you looking at deploying your reporters? Because, you know, we had a meeting here two weeks ago, and now I'm just thinking that, you know, even though they're vaccinated, you know, it just kind of says, them, okay, now what? Like, because election is serious business. Yeah. I, I mean, do, you, do you want to weigh in on that uh, other than any other aspects of what's happening uh, on the whole COVID No, you're numbers? right. Um, uh, how does one keep one's colleagues, uh, ensure that one's colleagues are safe uh, in, in a pandemic? Uh, that's the challenge we faced uh, and the question we had to ask ourselves when this uh, weird virus first uh, made its way into the world uh, in March uh, 2020. And now uh, it's something we're asking ourselves again. Um, I think we've uh, asked our colleagues not to travel for at least uh, until the new year where we will begin to reassess uh, the threat of all of this. But yeah, it's a constantly shifting situation. And uh, I think it, we will have to keep reevaluating uh, how we deal with it. <laughs> but, it's, it isn't the easiest thing to make uh, uh, spontaneous decisions about. My own view, Abhinandan, was that the issue of postgraduate doctors, I mean, these are not students, don't forget. These are post, Sorry, they are students, doctors are students for life, I agree with that. These are postgraduate students, students applying for resident doctor positions, both in the public hospitals and in the private hospitals. I don't think the private hospitals are that badly affected in many ways. I'm talking of the smaller private hospitals in towns and cities across India. But these are professional uh, issues to do with professional training, uh, qualification and specialization. And to an extent, the fact that we don't have a national health service as such in, in any state, and that very few people depend upon an organized system of healthcare and are prepared to pay out of pocket for private healthcare, and it's a very dispersed, diversified system, means that this does not penetrate the consciousness of the media and the politicians quite as much as in many other countries it might happen if junior doctors went on strike. So, for example, to take the example of England, okay, much smaller country, much more organized, a, a strike by a, a call for strike by the BMA would be big ticket news. It would appear on the nine o'clock news in the evening. Every newspaper would cover it. Questions would be raised in Parliament, and something would be done to avert the strike if possible. The BMA itself, the uh, the British Medical Association itself, would argue that strike. They would not call a strike unless there was a very very good reason for it very major reason for it because they have a they have an agreement with the government that they will a they will not strike b their 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 voice would be heard by the government of the day and in any case the health service is a kind of a holy cow if you like no party wants to be seen to be against the health service it would be a suicide note for them if the, if they spoke out against the health service or did not do something positive about the nhs 
So that's a different situation. Put that to one side. The other point I wanted to make on this question was that the medical profession in India is often, in my view, quite selfish in that they speak up only when they are directly affected, but they don't have the kind of social consciousness that in many, in many other countries, the medical profession as an organized profession has. So the IM, so the Indian Medical Association, for example, does not have a considered view and a campaigning role in things like domestic violence, general violence, or alcoholism, or smoking, better diet, better nutrition nutrition and so on. They don't take a stand on socially important issues of the day. Or even vaccines. I mean, or, or, even, or even dispelling some myths about the vaccines myths. that were that were propagated by, uh, if not exactly. myths, I mean, just the way the leaders of our country were irresponsible yes. in talking about vaccines, the IMA did not weigh in. Yes, exactly. They did not take a sufficiently proactive step. You had that one doctor give it off to Ramdev though on Ajtak. He was from the IMA. Indeed. That was one, correct. Indeed. That one chap did. He was was a brave chap who stood up. But as a profession, as a whole, they do not have a campaigning mode, which, for example, the American Medical Association, of course, to to, to their discredit, they campaign very effectively against any attempts to set up a, a national health service type healthcare system in America. So even Obamacare was hotly contested by the American Medical Association. But the, but the British Medical Association, for all its faults, has been at the forefront of campaigning on, on a range of issues. They, they, they have a stand on, on, say, for example, euthanasia or assisted dying or a smoking, alcoholism, domestic violence, on everything. They have a policy position, which most doctors in, on local radio, local newspapers, and so on, support actively. So that level of social consciousness is lacking. So it's no surprise if they start protesting against police violence for example, there is not the same level of support for them as might have happened had they, in turn, in earlier days, supported other people when they were protesting against against state laws or against uh, what what they saw as unjust laws and so on. So even a simple matter like, for example, the 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 quality and state of forensic uh, forensic reporting in India, postmortems, autopsies, and so on, which is entirely a medical matter, I see no political stand on it by the Indian Medical Association or by the doctors who are involved in it, who stand up to political pressure and say we need to do the right thing by our population. That view does not seem to be there. Yes, so I think this will happen uh, in in the margins, on the margins uh, in Chhattisgarh, in Jharkhand, uh, in Punjab, where numbers are smaller and people are more isolated. I think it will be a while uh, before this uh, moves to uh, sort of burst our bubbles of privilege in cities and where there is a longer history of Christianity. Um, Somehow, uh, I have over the last couple of years been thinking a lot about my relatives in Pakistan. Uh, my father's uh, family came, uh, uh, parts of my father's family came to India in 1947 from Karachi. There's still a large, uh, a significant uh, uh, community of uh, Karachi Goans. Uh, and in uh, the 1980s, as uh, Zia and Islamic fundamentalism began to become more intense. A great many of my father's cousins uh, chose to move to Canada. So there are now more Karachi Goans in Toronto than there are in Karachi, I believe. Uh, and I've always, uh, we, we always used uh, that uh, sort of moment to think about how to compare ourselves and uh, talk about how lucky we were that we lived in a secular republic 
And uh, this was not going to happen to us. I think it's going to be a while before we get to that position of physical uh, danger uh, in cities. But um, it's clear that uh, this will be used to pressure Christians, uh, that the attacks on the margins will be used to send a message uh, to uh, Christians that we are just uh, as uh, unwanted uh, in this country as our, our Muslim brother, our neighbors are. Um, in some way, uh, I, I can't help thinking about how uh, some sections of the community have brought this upon themselves. They have flirted uh, and more than flirted with uh, the BJP. Uh, Love Jihad, you must realize, you may remember is a, a, a phrase that was uh, uh, sort of invented by Catholics uh, and by the Catholic Bishops Conference in Kerala. Um, I, uh, large sections of my neighborhood, uh, uh, I live in a place called Bandra, which has significant numbers of Catholics, vote for the BJP. Uh, it's driven by Islamophobia. Uh, and suddenly uh, people are sounding shocked. But of course, uh, this, as you pointed out, is a part of the core ideology uh, of the BJP and uh, Hindutva voters. It has been uh, for a century. So I don't see why uh, people are now expressing surprise and shock. I think every editor there in that meeting should have revolted and should have said, we don't want to be in the same space as this guy. You know, he, he does programming on UPSC Jihad, the kind of despicable things he gets away with talking about Muslims. I mean, pure bile, nothing of sense comes out. There's, there's Hindutva and there's whatever right wing and there's this complete bile which this guy represents. And I think journalists at that point should have said that we don't want to be in on a meeting where he's invited. Please don't call him the next time you call us. But anyway, that's never going to happen. So, and Suresh Chavanke, let's forget the BJP. You even have Congress people giving him interviews. You know, you've had Digvijay. I don't know why he's entertained. It is just beyond. Even that SP guy, what's his name? Um, Azam Khan. Azam, Azam, Azam Khan Azam gave Azam. him a long interview. I which... guess they don't watch him. I don't, it's beyond me. Like, I don't know anyone... Mm-hmm who's aware of what he does, why would they want to be in the... How we are in the age of of cowardice. Uh, Cowardice is now, I think, there have always been cowards in public life. But I don't think cowardice has been a virtue worth emulating. It has not been a celebrated virtue. I think cowardice has become a celebrated virtue. Whether it is the cowardice of editors, whether it is the cowardice of Narendra Modi. You see, he's too much of a coward to say, I condemn this. And he dare not say that, uh, you know, I endorse this. So he just will not say anything. And it's not a fringe. Yeah, I mean, so, he met the Pope. He also put out a tweet on Christmas, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. including, including you know, people, well-meaning people who kind of, you know, call me and say that, you know, take it easy on Twitter. You've been raided once, you know. I You know, cowardice has become a virtue to be emulated. And I think yeah. that is very unique about, uh, I'd say, the last few years where everyone is unashamed of being a coward. And that is very unique. And not only are they unashamed, they are proud of it because it is what the leadership is showing us. Uh, So yeah, that's my rant on the subject. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.